Welcome to Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. My name is Phil Strum, so glad you joined me today. My guest this week is one of the hottest wrestlers in all of AEW, Swerve Strickland. We've had Swerve on the show before. He's taking on Hangman Adam Page in one of the feature matches of the new AEW pay-per-view event Wrestle Dream on Sunday, October 1st at the Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, which is basically Swerve's neck of the woods. Swerve is so cool in his delivery, absolutely seamless in the ring, and he pretty much hits every at-bat and gets it out of the park. What's funny about that is that his whole program with Hangman and Page is exactly about that, about the opportunities that he gets. So here we go right now with my interview with Swerve Strickland. So pleased to be joined once again by one of the hottest talents in pro wrestling, the one and only Swerve Strickland. Swerve, thank you so much for joining me this week on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. Thank you for having me, man. Appreciate you. So you're in one of the feature matches at WrestleDream in Seattle against Hangman Adam Page. As far as I'm concerned, that's one of the top reasons to order that show and watch it. What are your thoughts on Hangman in the ring and his style going up against your style and just what people can expect from that match? Um, man, with his style, it's so like it's almost uh, barbaric. If you look back at a lot of his historic matches with the death matches with John Moxley, then like uh, with Lance Archer, which is probably one of the most underrated, like brutal matches in the company's history. And you look back at just those two, you can see how barbaric and dangerous this dude can be. And somewhere along the lines, I feel like he hasn't shown that in such a long time. Uh, so leave it to me to be the agitator and bring that out of him, you know, and that's kind of what I'm here for. Um, uh, and the, the sense of me being so aggravating to him, I want to beat him at that level. So there's no question on why Swerve is who he is and who I say I am. You know, there's still doubters out there in the social media world and the, in the media world, the podcast world and stuff like that. Cause I listen to everything I see and hear everything. I don't always acknowledge everything, but I do see and hear everything that's out there. Um, uh, I always, that, that's kind of what keeps the chip on my shoulder, you know? So now when I go out there October 1st to wrestle dream in Seattle and I beat the brakes off of him while he's saying he's bringing his best, there better not be any more conversation about, do I deserve this? did I live up to the hype or any of this other bull crap that I hear? You know what I mean? No, like this is as much as this is for the city of Seattle. And as much as this is for AEW with Russell dream, no much of this is for hangman pages way more for me. And I don't even know how anybody can doubt you at this point. And I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of noise out there all the time for everything. But I feel like every time you've been given the mic or put in the ring, you hit a home run. Like, you're one of the most consistent guys I can think of in pro wrestling, regardless of where you've been. How easy did those segments on the mic with you and Hangman kind of flow for you? How, how natural was that for you? Uh, it wasn't easy at all. I don't think, it, like, for me, I feel like the toughest part of this industry is being able to just speak you know like speak like uh, in a believable way speak in a way that's original speak in a way that is that is not so cliche and formulaic that you've heard a million times that you like that you can see a lot of where the conversation is going before they even start like a mile away that's so hard especially when like some of the greatest talkers of all time 
have already like come and gone and like either are already out of the industry or they're on their way out of the industry to find your own voice is tough. And for me, this is the most time, mic time I've ever got in my career, like on live TV, I would say, you know, like I've had some, t I had like the mic a couple times in WWE and NXT, but I was, that was a lot of shared mic time. But with AEW, this is like, I was like, like six minutes straight of talking and telling a story and building this hype and building this energy and like being original and like trying to find my vote, find my voice and then like present it to someone who's done this time and time again. This has been some of the greatest that's ever stepped foot in this ring, except from this business, you know, like that's, that's a lot of pressure. So it can be a little scary at time, but it's like, that's where, uh, you got to level up. That's where I had to level up. I had to become something. I had to become someone and make a statement and make a point. And then like, oh man, okay, I got it. Now I'll do it again. Oh, okay. Now I got to find that energy again and really find out who you really are. And you got to do it all over again. You got to uh, make sure not, a, not only you top it, but make sure you still keep who you were in the first time. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm really looking forward to that match. So, uh, you know, congratulations on all the stuff you guys were able to put together to, to hype that because you, you got me at this point. So <laughs> you probably didn't have to do that much work for me, but uh, I think uh, I think you guys are doing a pretty good job. Um, in doing research, I did discover that you were on opposite sides of an eight-man tag team match with uh, Hangman in 2015 uh, in North Carolina. Yeah. You, Moose, uh, Tim Donst, and Tommaso Ciampa against Paige, Corey Hollis, John Schuyler, and Gunner. What do you remember about that, and what has changed about you guys since 2015? Oh, man, that was before he became, like, this international sensation in Japan. You know, um, I remember Adam was, like, such a young guy. He didn't have the size that he had today. And I didn't – I still – like, I didn't know much about him then. And it's crazy how, like, this year is where I'm starting to learn so much more about the guy. You know, um, and with that being said, this is where I'm like using a lot of that against them in <laughs> today. But at that time, I don't I don't even believe we even like interacted much. I think we might have touched like two times in that match. Wow. Um, but I yeah, that was the first time. That was the only time I was ever in the ring with Ciampa as well. Um, but a lot of those guys I ended up working with later on in my career. But Hangman, um, I knew he was talented. But when I when he started like going out, venturing out, really becoming the hangman page uh, uh the persona that's where i was like okay this guy's definitely on the next level and you mentioned the young bucks uh in that first interview that you did too and they were also recently on uh on your show and obviously they're associated closely with hangman and kenny what what are your thoughts on the elite's legacy in pro wrestling with AEW and also them as talents them as talents they're second to none in my opinion um because uh, I was I was on the independent scene when they were really really just on fire when they made it into hot topic and they were just everywhere they were they were uh, it was like a movement you had to be there type of thing you know what I mean like they're not as accessible to the independents and like outside of AEW and so that's why I say you just had to have been there at that time and especially to be on the shows as a worker alongside them seeing them in the locker room seeing like the type of influence they had on so many of their young talents. The style, the, the 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 Dragon Gate style of wrestling that they took and cap and they they took that and captivated it and made it their own, and Americanized it and made it so much more entertaining, and took a lot of American influences. But then like then, um, 
they end up finding themselves in it and then making a lot of satire and jokes uh, and inside jokes that only wrestling fans would know. And then putting it into the bits, into the ring, like, um, man, they were, they were, they're truly trailblazers in this industry. And I look up to them so much. And then now to like know that I'm facing off with them. I'm kind of like, like, I'm like, I, I faced off with the bucks before, throughout my career on the indies, but now like we're truly like adversaries now, you know, and it's all because of the connection with hangman page. Yeah. We are truly adversaries. It's not like we're just having a match just to entertain this city, this crowd, this show. And then we like have the match, shake hands and we're off to the next city. No, no, I got to see you next week. There's a true problem. You're associated with this guy who's my enemy. That makes you enemies. You know, you support him. Then, you know, you're part of the problem in my eyes. And with like the Mogul embassy with Nana, with Toa, with Brian cage, you know, with Khan, these guys have to take you out in order to achieve our goal and my goal, you know? And I think that's now you're seeing, you're going to have to probably see a different side of the bucks now, just because they're dealing with us. And I think that's such a great place for you to be. And for the mogul embassy to be is because, you know, you could be a top guy all you want in the wrestling business, but you need guys to work with. And you guys are such a natural combination for them. I wanted to get your thoughts a little bit on the mogul embassy. Uh, I guess, you know, starting with the gates of agony and with, uh, with Brian cage, just impressions of them as, uh, as talents, as you've gotten to see them and work with them a little bit. Just Brian cage alone is like probably one of the most, like five tool players in pro wrestling. There's nothing this man can't do. He's charismatic. He has a great look. He can be funny. He can be dangerous. He can be entertaining. He can, he can do, he can do so many different things before he even gets in the ring. And you can't just help. You can't help, but just like, like you can't miss him, you know? And then like um, his mind for the wrestling business and being in the ring is like, I still haven't met anybody that's, quite like his you know what i mean you have the, they have the kenny omegas and great minds of the business or you have like the brian Danielson has a great mind for these type of things you have jericho great mind for these type of things but i think brian cage's mind for this in in ring is so much underrated so underrated because with aw you're around so many great minds you even have a sting you have a mark henry you have a jeff jarrett you have a jr a taz there's so many great minds in this locker room that you kind of like miss out on a Brian Cage who has a great mind for it as well. And the Mogul Embassy is getting him more and more on television to showcase how brilliant his mind is for what he does. Then you have Bishop Khan and Toa. You know, like um, right now, you're seeing the, the Islander of Toa. You're seeing him become more and more humanized a little bit and, be, and you're getting a little bit more personality out of them. You're going to start – over the next couple weeks to months, you're going to, are, under, going to start understanding the person behind the maniac that is Toa, Leon, you know, and just, just not just the fact that he's just a bulldozer and can run through you. Bishop Khan is coming into his own, understanding what his worth is. And, and that's the most important thing about going out there and, like, being in a group, being in a faction, knowing your worth in that faction, Khan is no understanding that, and he's going to start glowing the more he gets in there. And the fact that he's in there with the Bucks now, he's really they're they're going to establish how much his worth is, you know. Yeah. And then and then Nana, 
has just become this viral sensation. And it's crazy, like 20 years later, like I've known this man for like almost 15 years. And we've yeah. always been, yeah, like all 15 years I've known him, but we never worked together because he was always in Ring of Honor. I wasn't signed to Ring of Honor. I was more on the in- international independence and stuff. But seeing the, re- the resurgence of Nana as just a great, brilliant personality, a fantastic manager, on-screen character, on-screen charisma, and the, that he is the genuine spark of making the most of his time in AEW this past year in 2023 with him being featured on Dynamite, Rampage, Collision, you know, and uh, Ring of Honor all in the same week at the same time is the, that, that is hustle. That is grind. That is understanding like, yo, this is my role and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability and I'm going to exceed the expectations of myself. And he just brings so much more to me with how I've been portraying myself and Nana being just like the, just one of the, like the brilliant characters that's just around me. And he actually brings out a lot more sinister to the Swerve character. If you don't notice that, you know, it's like, I don't want to reveal too much, but just pay attention to a little more how we interact over the months. Interesting. I, I was at I had the pleasure of being at, at Arthur Ashe Stadium uh, last week when you came out and watching the crowd's reaction to Nana at ringside, just doing the dance when you were as soon as your music hit was just tremendous. I, I, I guarantee you never. I guarantee you never seen a manager get a reaction like that in wrestling. You can go, go ahead and try to find me one manager in anywhere in the world that gets a reaction like that. It's fantastic. Like you said, I mean, I, I had the pleasure of meeting him back in 2004. I knew somebody who knew somebody who was going to Johnny Rods with him actually a little bit uh, before that and was at a Ring of Honor show in 04. Just nicest guy. But like you said, like this opportunity coming 20 something years into his career is it's, it's fantastic for him. And, and he's and he's absolutely hitting a home run. I feel like AEW has been like the best place for career resurgences. Yeah. When seeing we're seeing what Nana's doing, we're seeing what Christian is doing, seeing what Billy Gunn is doing, seeing what Sting is doing, it's it's been uh, remarkable to see that kind of stuff. And like without an AEW, you don't see these type of you don't see this. What you don't see this at all. You, what kind of things can you learn from a guy like Nana? Uh, for me, um, man, uh, I what I will say. He's been giving me perception. So now I look at things with four eyes rather than two, if that makes sense. Um, he's it's, it's easy to look through the window from one side, but you got to have a reflection looking through the other way to make sure that you are confident in what you're about to deliver. And he's always like, hey, don't, don't forget this. This is happening, but don't forget this. And I'm like, you're right. I would I would have missed that if you wouldn't have pointed that perspective out. That's the value in his honest perspective too. It's not bullshit. It's not like putting nothing like in your head that's like that's to boost you, to gas you up or to blow smoke up your ass. And in, in a sense, it's true honest perception and perspective on things that you could miss, and it's easy to miss especially when you're on TV now so much, it's easy to miss a lot of those small things and just to go out there and just do it and you get the routine over with. No, you want to 
like having someone like that back you up to and to like hey just know you don't got to worry about this I, I got this covered that's what nana has been for me the last couple months very good so this show is happening in seattle you're uh from tacoma i believe it is does it mean something more to you to be in a headline spot on a show in the pacific northwest absolutely i don't take that lightly at all how familiar are you with the wrestling and the wrestling history of the Pacific Northwest? I know Defy is kind of the independent brand there now. Obviously, Don Owens, Portland Wrestling from before that, the generation prior. Just how important is wrestling in the Pacific Northwest and, and just in general? For me, it's important to keep it alive. And like since 2015, we've been doing that with Defy Wrestling. And, um, you know, the, I was the first main event on Defy with uh, Cody Rhodes. And it's ever since then, it's been a hotbed and people needed more of it. And now seeing all the people that's come through there are coming past and coming through are like people that have main evented like Tokyo domes and main evented like WrestleManias or main evented uh, all like all outs and double and nothings and stuff. They are now coming through Defy. And that's a really, that's major, you know. And it's all started from building that from scratch. Now you're seeing people from Defy make it into AEW and get contracts and go elsewhere and get seen on TV because now it's such a hot bit. I'm like, all right, we need to check out who's coming out of there and stuff. Now, and like doing what we did on AEW with like the showing Darby showing the wrestling school and um, how big that will and of importance was with giving Nick Wayne that contract in Defy, putting that on national TV on blast. Hopefully that builds more people that want to get into this wrestling business and go through Defy and go to the Buddy Wayne Academy. I don't know if they want to go there as much anymore, knowing the fact that I could show up there and like bust you open and have you bleeding in the pool of your own blood. I don't know if you want to, but at least, you know, uh, we put it on the map in a sense. What, what did it mean to you to get in? I mean, I, I noticed, you know, just looking at some of your history in Defy, you wrestled Cage there, you wrestled Christopher Daniels there, you wrestled Darby Allen and, and Nick Wayne there and, and, and work with them lately. You know, what, did that make it more special with folks that you're already familiar with from, from, from home, basically? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, all, all, those, all those times built me. They built me who I am. They built what Swerve is now to this day. It's built that comfortability. It's built that confidence. It's built... Uh, the 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 look is built the aura the energy that I knew that like it, that I knew what I was doing was right you know um, I knew I was painting with the right brushes and using the right techniques and it was original. What what do you see in a guy like Nick Wayne if you had to kind of uh, evaluate him now from being in the ring with him a couple times? Uh, right now I see humility. And that's for someone that young who's got that much experience, who's like traveled already. It's really easy to lose yourself. And he is truly a remarkable person before he even gets in the ring. And then when you see him in the ring, he's still a remarkable person that you can't just help but root for, cheer for. You know, um, his athletic ability has always been there. Um, but from the day I first saw him in, uh, Defy, uh, I just already already knew. I was like, this is the guy. This is the kid. You know, and uh, just Darby handing him the contract, he already believed it and knew it too. And that 
testament to Tony Khan for believing in them, you know, and I believe for me getting in the ring with them in those two matches that we've done in Defy gave Tony Khan all the faith and belief that like he made the right decision, giving him the contract. Now um, he's going through this with, you don't, you don't hear much of negativity about the kid. Yeah. Like I said, in the, when, from all that he's accomplished going to Japan and all this stuff already, it would be easy to lose sight of that, you know? And I wanted to ask you too, um, the experience for you and AEW for that matter, uh, wrestling at Wembley stadium. What was that? Uh, what was that like for you? It felt like we were in a, a small city inside of a city. <laughs> That's how big <laughs> Wembley was. It was like, I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, you don't even see people anymore. You just see lights. Uh, that experience was like, I, I wanted to come out, walk out there. Like I was a prize fighter <laughs> and I felt like we accomplished that, you know, with the performance from flash garments with DJ who kid by my side and now not doing his dance in the middle and the fire blowing up from behind coming out to my own song as well that's yeah. a huge accomplishment you know then to get grabbing the mic i was like i'm gonna take this moment this is for me and doing the who's house and hearing eighty thousand people sit green back swerve's house i'm like okay so y'all know me y'all know what i y'all know my legacy y'all know what i've been doing and y'all are here for it because y'all know me y'all not just here to just like see sting it's easy to get lost in that you're not here to just see christian y'all here to y'all know me and y'all here to see me too nice anything upcoming musically for you that you uh can talk about this weekend i'm dropping like two music videos on the 30th september 30th is my birthday actually i'm dropping the work it video and october 1st i'm dropping these dreams on the day of wrestle dreams so kind of poetic how that worked out and then october 2nd I'm dropping a cipher with me. I'm not the Emmett team. We call them. It stands for every move made includes the team featuring myself, Anthony King, who does the weekly wrap ups for AEW on social media. So check him out at Anthony King with an I and Anthony and Montezzi, TZ Jones, who just came out and performed for Samuel Guevara at Grand Slam in New York. At Arthur Ashe. He's on there, too. We're building a mixtape, all early 2000s hip hop beats. stuff. So, so we got that coming out soon. And we're just giving you a little sample size of what we've been working on the studio on October 2nd on our YouTube page, youtube.com backslash Swerve City Podcast. So check us out. Very good. Well, uh, congratulations on that. We're going to move on to something we call the three count now. It's going to be three quick questions and your answers. First question, who is your favorite wrestler that people might not be familiar with? Uh, Shima. And why? He's one of the first uh, Japanese talents that I really gravitated to with this High speed, fast style, a uh, little bit of comedy as well. Um, he was at the time in Dragon Gate. He was bringing bringing up and building the ricochets, the pox, the Uha Nations or Apollo Crews at the time. Rich Swan, you know, he was doing a lot of big great things for them. So, and especially when he was coming over to America and working with the ball and stuff like, uh, man, he was just he he was awesome for that time period. That old, the two thousand eight, two thousand nine era of indie wrestling he was on fire at the time so i'd say him and yamato interesting interesting i think what's crazy about shima too is i don't think people realize that he goes back so far that he actually wrestled in wcw towards the end and he was i believe shima nobunaga he was known as them so yes uh second question when you're not wrestling or making music what is swerve doing playing video games yeah (laughs) that's right 
that's why I clear my mind and get away from it because I do. Uh, uh, that's where a lot of ideas that kind of spring out of nowhere because it's kind of like just mindless zombie playing Madden or Mortal Kombat or Metal Gear Solid. I just like zombie, like play the game and like my body goes on autopilot. So that's kind of like my meditation. And that's where like a lot of those ideas come from. That's where a lot of my material for, for my promos come from. It's like, oh, oh, what if I, oh, and then it comes from that. And just like letting my mind go and like wander off into space and stuff like that. Digital space, you could, I could say. Okay. And, or, or, or I'm visiting my children. Nice, nice. And uh, what's last question? What's the best part about being from the state of Washington? Mm. Um, whew. The best part? I don't know. Like, I, know, I just know coming back here, I feel a lot closer to it every time I'm back in the state for some reason. I feel connected to this place. And I wasn't here since, like, the, the first Defy show was the first time I ever came back to Seattle. And uh, actually promoting it leading up to Defy, the first Defy one. Um, that was my first time coming back to Seattle since I was born. Um, and then ever since then, I was like, I got to keep coming back here. So uh, for me, I love the uh, the city itself. There's so much, so much here, you know. Very good. Well, uh, Wrestle Dream in Seattle this Sunday, Swerve versus Hangman Adam Page. Swerve, happy early birthday. And uh, again, thanks so much for joining me today on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. I really enjoyed this. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks again, everyone, for joining me today on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. I'd like to thank Swerve Strickland once again for joining me today. I'd also like to thank John Schneider at AEW for helping set this up. Follow me on Twitter at Under the Ring and on threads at PJ Strum for the latest guest announcements. And have a great week, everyone.